Any industry news we should be aware of? Because I have literally just been working and just have no idea what's happening in the world. I'll be honest, I'm in the exact same position. I have been listening to uh, Martyr Made podcast. Martyr Made, that's... Uh... That's the guy that he'll, he'll do it every once in a while with Jocko. I yeah. Remember, um, he has a, uh, oh my gosh, several part series about uh, Palestine, essentially. It's fantastic. Oh, I listened to clips from that. I know exactly which one you're talking about. I I, guy's name. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and re-listen to it because it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then I I took a break. I'm on the last episode, but I took a break because some of it gets pretty heavy. Uh, and also just like it's literal hours of podcasts. So I'm like, I need a break. So just so happens his Jeffrey Epstein episodes popped up. They weren't much better. It's like as far as mentally, mentally overwhelming is how I'd explain that. Yeah, that like oh, holy shit. The more you go down that rabbit hole, it gets a little yes, a little lacy. But I can absolutely recommend a podcast. It's fantastic. Uh, but anyway, I would say there is industry slight amount of uh, industry news. They're uh, official confirmation from Sig. They're officially shipping with uh, pistol braces again. Rad. I mean, if you want to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, well, I'm actually kind of mad because we just got some pistols and they didn't have them on them. Uh, some of uh, the new Rattlers. But... The Rattlers. What is the difference between the new Rattlers? Um, They're just new. So they don't have a specific uh, proprietary receiver. Oh, that's right. Um, so there's six and three quarter inch barrel, I think. And they're just, they updated the new Spear LTs, but they're black. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Other than that, yeah, no, no industry. What's the uh, solvent tramp drama? Uh, uh, seen pop up uh, again. It just I just happened to glance. I guess they're going after them next. I didn't even. I, didn't I haven't. That. I haven't taken the time to really look into it. Originally, I was going to do more on the deer drama, but I hadn't even listened to some of the podcasts I didn't listen to yet. Yeah. So we're just going to talk about nothing today. Uh, which actually was going to do this podcast like a couple weeks ago. We just didn't get around to it. But are you sure we can't hear that dump truck? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not the way in the world. You can hear airplanes and jockos. I will say this. It seems as if that whole, can we call it a scandal? Wait, which scandal? About the deer? Oh, yeah. It seems as if it's like lit a fire on people hating on long-range hunting. Yeah. I can't wait to dive in. Like One of Ron Spoomer's podcasts or videos, whatever it was, was like addressed to long-range hunting. I can't wait to listen to it. <laughs> but anyways, we'll save all that for once we have time to listen, listen up and we'll, we'll weigh in. Oh, uh, did you see your boy come out with a product? Yes. Uh, I didn't see it. I just heard him talk about it. Actually, that's the first one of his videos. I actually watched the full thing. Good job. (laughs) Recall. It's a new kind of recall pad. You You know, you definitely could tell the marketing background really, really shines through on him. Like it's. If you know what you're lo- what to look for and everything, is it officially for. announced? Like the name? Yes, but I don't remember what it's called. His, I think his most liked video was about it. Uh, you don't remember the name? You you special order it. I do know that. Backstop. Interesting, interesting. I mean, uh, you know, if if their numbers. So here comes the marketing thing. They're like, blah, 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 reduces recall. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, stop. Stop with your fucking marketing bullshit. It doesn't reduce the recall. It reduces felt recall. And those two are very different things. Now, it's great. Yeah, I had the whole thing. I've gotten really into my head about the uh, negative cheat comb last week. <laughs> the same thing. 
Now it's great if those numbers are actually like real. That's a real deal. It's great. Uh, super cool. But the, you know, I just you know, I don't know. Some people get way too marketing. Marketing. I'm actually surprised he didn't pause his marketing pitch to pitch you gold. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I'm probably gonna order one, test it out, and see what you know, so we can either dunk on it or praise it. Yeah, it's cool. You know, especially for it really seems if like the the market trend currently is like lightweight hunting rifles, like greatly lightweight hunting rifles. So a good recoil pad would be great. But anyways, uh, before we get started, be sure and go check out allymunitions.com. This will release today, right? Yeah, that's right. Today is Wednesday. <laughs> if you're in the market for some six millimeter arc varmint ammo, I'd be watching the website Friday. Just saying. That shows a little Easter egg. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tease it out anywhere else. Uh if you're not signed up for email alerts, you better sign up for email alerts and be fast. because uh, we will be doing a drop Friday on six millimeter arc. So also, if you're in Midland, 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 Texas, be sure and go by Ally Outdoors. Did I say that? Did I enunciate properly for? for the See, I, I just <laughs> it's like a Kenny in South Park. Yeah, I, I can you just, under, you understand Hauer, my talk. I, I understand you, but nobody else can. Ally Outdoors, uh, tons and tons of hunting and outdoors. I, I would say shooting enthusiasts. If you're a hunter or shooting enthusiast, that's the place to be. And indoor gun range, hundred yard. Are they fifteen or twenty five? Uh, 25 yard standard bays and then the uh, other, the obviously the 100 yard bays, 100 yards. Indoor gun range, uh, a cafe, lots and lots of goodies. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's got a shipment of Suaro in, it's already selling out. Uh, tons of, tons of product. Good, because that shit's expensive. I know, right? <laughs> that, that one hurts. Uh, yeah, Al Outdoors, Midland, Texas, or AlAmunition.com. Uh, I wish I could remember some of those pitch that the other YouTubers do. I know, right? That's so cool. <laughs> um, new quasi announcement. I the website will reflect differently because it's then probably you need you you and I can figure that out afterwards. But uh, <clears throat> we have all of our fishing shirts are on sale for fifteen dollars. It's going to be the end of the year, so if you need a bunch of shirts, time to stock up. We have them out, kind of displayed in bulk. And then T-shirts are currently twenty dollars to the end of the year. That'll probably be a new, a new thing moving forward. Um, okay, but yeah, I'll uh, adjust the pricing on the website. By the time you listen to this, it'll already be done. I'm sure uh, lots of people will be happy. So today's topic is, uh, I guess you would say, getting into night hunting, or we'll just call it night hunting, because uh, we've covered a lot of stuff around this, but uh, there's always tons of questions about this. And every once in a while, we're going to do some house cleaning, housekeeping, if you will, and address like this question that just continues to come up. And especially this time of year, people are getting into predator hunting. So the questions are flowing freely. Like, what do I, the, the biggest question surrounding this is how to do it and what equipment do I use? But I'll just go ahead and cover like, you know, quickly cover the entire subject of night hunting and uh, their there are my thoughts and opinions on the uh, practice of nighttime bread hunting. First and foremost, like uh, people, especially people new to the sport or, you know, whatever, predator hunting, they say, what are the benefits to night hunting? And the reality of the situation is predators feel more comfortable when it's dark. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty much your opportunity for seeing more predators is much greater at nighttime or, low light low light times in general but nighttime they feel more comfortable so you know and, and a lot of them hunt at nighttime so it's you know now that's not to say you can't go out and have the best day you've ever had ever during the daylight the reality situation is it's a much greater probability at nighttime having you know high number nights and stuff like that coyotes especially bobcats and fox coyotes you know 
Coyotes, I think, who, I don't know. Yeah, nighttime would be my best numbers game for Coyotes. Uh, daytime comes in close second. Fox, absolutely nighttime. Bobcats, 100% nighttime. And, it, you know, a lot of people work nine to five jobs or daytime jobs, and the only opportunity they would have to hunt, predator hunt, if you will, would be nighttime. So it allows you to, you know, get out and do some hunting. Uh, obviously, if you're running thermals or whatever, um, the opportunity for shooting pigs at night is typically much greater. You know, it just it just opens up a whole new world, essentially, when you have a full-time day job, which most of us do. So now, I could ask this question quite a bit, what my favorite is. While I enjoy nighttime hunting quite a bit, uh, daytime is where, like, it's where I cut my teeth into like serious predator hunting, and that's what I enjoy doing the most. The reality situation is, uh, I don't know, like there's just something about watching them come in during daytime, and I, you know, and I know while while I'm hunting, like, oh, if it's this great during the day, chances of like if it's just they're on, the chances of it being really good at nighttime is pretty high. But still, like I, I would give up, especially nowadays. I uh I give up quite a bit of nighttime hunting to do more daytime hunting. And, you know, it's just personal preference at that point. Now I will still do quite a bit of nighttime hunting, it's just not quite as much as I used to. Like I went through the phases just like most people will, and you as a new predator hunter probably will as well. Started out daytime hunting, loved it, fell in love with it, fell in love with predator hunting, like seriously predator hunting, and only daytime hunting for a long time. And then I got into nighttime hunting, fell in love with that. And then I got into coming out here and fox hunting and bobcat hunting. And that's kind of just the realm I lived in primarily for a while. And then I just kind of slowly phased back to doing more daytime hunting. Uh, and, you know, either one is really fun. It's just for myself, just something about daytime. It's really great. So, you know, benefits, typically more activity. Uh, downsides are going to be equipment, know-how, and target identification, which we'll get into equipment here in just a moment. It's like uh, necessary equipment to nighttime hunt and this, uh, different setups people that will use and where they can be applied and whatnot. But speaking on target identification really quickly, I would, I would venture to say that every year uh, – there's probably a fair amount of non-predator hunting species get dispatched at nighttime. Yeah, it never happened. <laughs> and you know that was that was a this, massive bobcat. It's this dirty, it's this dirty little thing that nobody really talks about. I've seen a bunch of times. I just I have a I guess a stricter rule on like not shooting unless I know what I'm looking at, which is also why I tend to prefer the warm white lights because like by the time you can positively identify you know exactly what it is whereas like with the introduction of very much lower cost thermals i would assume that uh, a lot more uh, non-predator species have been shot especially with that well there was that one story what was that maybe a year two years back where the guy had a they got a new thermal there was there were some guys hunting property and then some guys that were like at the house of the same property staying in the house and this guy just got his new trick thermal, put it on an AR and he walked out back off the porch and he saw, Oh, there's some coyotes out there. And he started shooting at the people who were hunting, who were night hunting. No, I didn't hear about that. That was, it was some big ordeal. I must've been maybe a year and a half, two years back. I am. But yeah, just, he had just gotten the thermal and I think one of the guys got shot. Jesus. It was, it was a really bad deal. Um, I mean, I've heard, Grillions of stories of white tail getting shot, cows getting shot. Like oh, you go on, even with high end thermal sometimes. Shit. Yeah, I mean, uh, been out there and I'm like, that look, it looks like that. And I see it under under actual light. I'm like, yeah. oh my god. Now, I will say this: like the better the typically speaking, the more higher dollar thermals, it's it's less of an issue, and the more time you spend behind it, yeah, it, you become pretty aware of what you're looking at. Night vision obviously not going to be an issue, you know. Well, it shouldn't be. <laughs> I'm sure it happens 
with cheap night vision, just like cheap thermal. But cheap thermal is kind of where you get into that. Like it happens way more than what people are willing to talk about. Yeah, that's just reality of the situation. But is that? I mean, does that not come down to just like scouting your land and knowing? That's great segue into my first little talk. It's almost like you looked at my fucking nose. I didn't actually. <laughs> uh, which is survey your land. Uh, probably, you know, if I'm going to roll out to some new property and we're excited and we're going to do like this, this pseudo scouting slash hunting trip, uh, I'm going to do it during the daytime and I'm never going to do it during nighttime because even with lights, uh, and especially with thermals and everything else, you don't know what you're looking at. You don't know the layout of land. You don't know what animals already exist and everything else. So <clears throat> number one on my list of like getting ready, preparing to nighttime hunt is getting out and scouting more often. And it's not so much from a, uh, yeah, a lot of information can be gathered through scouting, like what type of predator population is probably present and what predators are present and everything else. But it's more along the lines of knowing where you're going, knowing what else is out there, knowing the land of the land, and knowing where to stop and make your stands. Because like it never fails when you roll into a piece of property for the first time at night. And I've done it, you know, many people have. It almost it almost never fails. And Casey Smith told me this once. Uh always go another hundred yards. And I don't, it seems like it never fails. Like wherever you stop on this virgin land, you should have went another hundred yards. So if you just go through there beforehand, like say you're going to go hunt that night, get there a little bit early, do some scouting, plot some stand spots on your Onyx maps or whatever. Brought to you by Onyx maps. Uh, whatever map uh, app you use, make plot some stand locations, whether it be for, I do it for individual wins. Like I'll have uh, stand dots for individual wins, daytime stand dots, nighttime stand dots. Because, Daytime, if I'm hunting, I might want to park a little bit further away versus nighttime. We primarily hunt from a truck. So scouting is very important. And they also know your backdrops. Like you, This is all stuff that can really get by you if you just roll out there at night and go straight to hunting. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter whether it's big property or small property. Like get out there, take a look at it, know where small property. To me, it'd be even more important because I want to know exactly what direction houses are in or if there's any dogs on a property or whatever the case may be, like I want to know all this stuff where I roll into there and that, you know, this may be a little in depth for some people, but the reality of the situation is if you get all your ducks in a row, including scouting, plotting out your stand location, and everything else, things tend to go a lot smoother. Like you may come up on a gate. That's really squeaky. Well, I'm going to throw some WD 40 in the truck. Like this is all stuff. They should keep track of when you're daytime scouting, talking to your landowners, maybe have the landowner ride around with you. He'll tell you, typically tell you, like, I see this cow over here every day. Don't go over here because whatever the you know situation may be. Get your scouting out of the way. It doesn't matter if it's one acre or if it's 100,000. Go in there, take a look at it. And I, I would, I'd place the highest amount of importance on that as it pertains to nighttime hunting. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much it for scouting. I mean, it's it's hyper important, and I would say it's even more important for nighttime. Because if not, you're going to waste a lot of time looking for the right spots. You may you may be thinking there's only certain species out there, and something else may roam up that you're not supposed to shoot. Like, so get in there, take a look at it, plot those locations, go on from there. Now we might be going a little bit out of order, but the reality of the situation is like before I even start considering what gear what type of setup I'm going to run. Like these are things I'm already going to take care of. Like I'm already going to know why I want to nighttime hunt and I'm already going to be looking at the property. So I'd have to say as far as we'll get into the equipment now, because like that's probably the most debated, most asked about everything else. So I'm going to start with, there's a couple different ways you can nighttime hunt. You can either walk in, shoot off tripod, which there's tons of people that do it. And in that case, I recommend buying a good tripod. It's really, really simple. It's really that simple. Buying a good tripod, whether you're running thermal or lights, whatever the case may be. Like, there was tons of property back in North Texas that just wasn't big enough or wasn't ideal enough to drive in. So we walked in with tripods. Like, even though we ran, uh, back then we ran red lights. Even though we ran lights, we'd walk in with tripods. And I recommend getting an arc reel on your rifle. 
running a tripod, like going that route, or you can run a truck with a rack. Now, as far as trucks and racks and all that stuff, we're going to, we're going to dedicate a full podcast to that. Cause a lot of people have been asking about that chairs, trucks, racks, and everything else. I'm just going to briefly kind of skim over. I, I end up before I left North Texas, I had plenty of land that allowed me to run a rack, but the reality situation is there's a lot of trees out there and it's mostly like smaller hay fields. So you didn't need a lot of elevation. Most of the time they're cut or low, you know, the time of year that we're hunting them. So we didn't need a really tall rack. Also, you have to consider, you know, your area you're in. We couldn't have a tall rack. Like we couldn't have nothing going above cab height or else it was going to get raked off by a tree. Also, quick pro tip for, for a couple people out there. After you've done your scouting or whilst you're doing your scouting, and you intend if you intend on hunting from a rack, pay attention to overhead gates, like overheads on gates. Pay attention to where if you have to drive through, especially these old towns, these old small towns, maybe take a look at the power lines. Pro tip. <laughs> one of our chairs actually drug down a power line one time. <laughs> but wasn't on my truck, though. It all it all worked out. I'm sure some people were pissed off a little bit. But anyways, uh, that's that kind of falls underneath that scouting category. If you have a rack, you need to know how high your chairs go or your rack goes or whatever else. Pay attention to everything on the ranch. Like I've been in the ranches before where uh old timey ranch, old timey sheep ranch, we couldn't get through uh majority of the gates because they all had overheads and they're very short. You know. These are all things to pay attention to and to consider whilst you know, getting your equipment ready. So like I said, like the two, there are different ways, means methods, but the two main ways is you're either going to walk in on a tripod or you're going to drive in, hunt up rack. I mean, that's pretty much a given for pretty much given for Texas is I'd say it's probably about half and a half nowadays, having to have people use tripods, other half use racks. And as far as the height, like I said, if you're in thick brush country, uh, got to drive through towns with low hanging power lines. Keep your racks, you know, no more than cab height. Out in West Texas, you will see some of the tallest, most ridiculous shit you've ever seen in your life. Like I swear to God, it gets highly ridiculous out here. But there is there is a the purpose to it is in West Texas. While we don't have very tall trees, we have a bunch of uh, knee to waist high cactus, shrub brushes. Uh, creosote whatever whatever those shrubs and trees are called it's mostly need to waste high and it's pretty obvious the higher you get the better you can see over in it you know so knowing your again going back to your scouting knowing what you're getting yourself into could have you more better prepared to get into it because the reality of the situation is whether whether you're running lights, thermals, night visions, whatever, if you can't see the animal, you're probably just going to smarten a lot of them up. So take that in consideration as it pertains to racks and tripods and everything else. Like uh, there's been plenty of situations where, uh, you know, the weather, the weather could dictate that you walk in with a tripod. Cause like me back in the day, I hunted so much when I had more time, it didn't matter if it just got through raining and I had to walk across a thousand acres to make stands. I was still going to go hunting. So then I would get out of the truck, take the tripod, go in there and call. Now, back then, I had a little setup to where on my tripod leg, I could screw my little Fox Pro. And Lily, I would put back then, that was, that was pre Arcarels. I did have a gun clamp. I would clamp my rifle into my tripod. The e calls already screwed onto the leg, throw it over my shoulder, take off. Uh, and we just even, you know, the, as you go on through your little journey here into night hunting, like you'll you'll get into doing stuff like that. Like as far as uh, high racks, that's that's like again that that deserves its own full podcast. How to all the different styles of high racks, different heights, how to set up a trunk properly for high racks, how to build high racks properly, because you know it's a multifaceted conversation. But one thing you will probably get into. As you go down this journey of nighttime hunting, if you're in the into high rack country or you know 
you're hunting out of a truck instead of a, a you know little tripods. You'll go down this journey of building four million high racks because, like, it, as you progress, your 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 wants and needs will change slightly, and then as you progress, you want to change up your setup, and it just seems like it's just this never-ending thing. But again, we'll save we'll save more of that for later. But you know, as far as equipment goes, or as far as like the two main ways to do it, that's probably it. I mean, I've heard of people like setting up stands and stuff like that. But I kind of you know, typically I say the same thing about hunting out of a stand. The same as what I the way I look at it during daylight. Them cows know where them deer stands are. I would much rather sit up away from the deer stand. I might sit up. That might be my only opening, but I would much rather sit away from the deer stand. Now, I have sat in deer stands and just did like overwatch type hunts like I didn't call. And I have called coyotes in the deer stands. But the reality situation is like it's just not something I'm really going to get into. Like I, I just stay away from it. I might hunt in the opening, but I'm, I'm not going to get up in the deer stand. And, you know, that's. That's about all on that. But as far as, you know, if if you hunt a total different way. Now, I know there are, there are certain states, uh, people, states that don't like freedom, don't, don't allow, like, certain kinds of nighttime hunting. Like, we, we're pretty spoiled in Texas. Like, we literally do kind of whatever we want as far as it pertains to, like, predator hunting at nighttime. There are certain states that, like, you're, you can you can nighttime hunt off the off the moon. <laughs> That's about it. And I know several of those guys go out. And most of the time it's like more northern states. So you get a snow, full moon. Well, it's damn near like daylight. And they'll go out and like sit up just like they would during daylight. So I mean, that's something to consider. But I don't know. I just for me, it's either a high rack or a tripod. Like that's kind of the two places I live. Uh, as it pertains to set up i almost forgot that i'm gonna wrote it down my next page as it pertains to setup to me the same rules apply as they do for daytime hunting wind is important uh calling in the right area is important but you you can get away with a lot more during nighttime obviously it, you know if you're running your lights properly you can get away with a lot more uh thermal Thermal and night vision is kind of like this, this different realm. So if the moon is bright, it's like giving the predators the ability to see really well. The way predators' eyes work is the way, essentially like night vision. Night vision, give us ambient light, and we can see really well. Give us too much ambient light, can't see shit. That's why... The old adage of when you're daytime hunting, you want the sun at your back so it puts it in their eyes. Or if you've ever seen how a cow enters into your calling area and he just he can't really see what's going on, but the minute it walks into a shadow, it picks you out immediately because, you well, you probably move. But it's because too much light is bad. But these full moon nights is like perfect scenario for predators. Their eyes are built for seeing in low light situations. And when you give them that full moon or quarter moon, whatever you, they can see really well. And the reality situation is most people, I feel like it's been kind of debunked at this point. Most people still believe that like, predators just don't go out during full moon nights when the reality is it's quite the opposite. Like they hunt even more on full moon nights, which two things are happening. They're either, they're traveling more because they can see so well, or they're seeing you because you're setting up, not thinking about the situation as in, oh, I'm in their, their turf now. And if you're running thermals night vision, you need to kind of treat the situation like you would a daytime stand. Meaning if you're in there on tripods, stand against a tree. Or if you're in a vehicle and you're going to run thermals or night vision, just be be aware. Like you're about to make some much further shots than what you're normally used to. Or if you have the ability to kind of hide the truck, go for it. I'd recommend doing that, especially on brighter nights. But, and that's kind of, you know, that's kind of where... It's kind of where I get into, like, I'd rather run lights. Uh, I've hunted all the ways. Night vision with our illuminators, thermals, all the different color lights. 
I still go back to warm white lights in my chairs, TPA chairs. Which, by the way, they go on pre-sale on Friday. And they'll be in stock within a week. But anyways, I still like to run warm white lights. And I like to run a lot of light. Because the idea is, if you're going to be running lights, you need to blind them. So they can't see the vehicle. They can't see you. They don't have... These predators don't have the ability to process in their brain like, why is it all of a sudden daylight? Because that's, that's to me, if you're running warm white lights and you're running enough light, and that's we've we've debated this at nauseum, talked about it at nauseum, so I'm not going to go on too much of a tangent about lights. That's majority of the time the problem is not the color of light. Well, sometimes, yes. It's the amount of light and you're not running it properly. Because if, same thing with the moon. If you're just haloing coyotes, which I don't know anybody that does it anymore, but I'm sure there's still a few boomers out there that do it. If you're just haloing a coyote, you're literally giving them the ability to see a little bit better. And the best tool in your toolbox as it pertains to like, I, I want to know why so many coyotes can see. It seems like they could see us. Get in your rack, set up as you would, run the light as you would, and send someone downrange. Same thing with thermal night vision. Have someone set up in your rack or set up on your tripods. Pretend as if you're going to make a stand on different moon phases and send someone downrange to look back at you. It'll tell you a lot of your mistakes you're making. And what we've learned over the years of filming at night and then just lots of testing stuff, going downrange and looking at different colors of lights, different light setups, different brightnesses of lights, and all that other kind of stuff. The reality of the situation is you're just not putting enough light on them. And for me, I don't believe the whole, these cows, uh, they, they, they run at the, the side of a white spotlight. Well, it may be at one of those cool white lights, but the warm white, I haven't been, and I've been to the, some of the most highest pressured places, the warm white, when you give them enough light, it blinds them. They have no idea what they're looking at. Chances are, if they're boogering out when you're hitting them with light, it's something that you're doing. It's, you're not giving them enough light. You're using the wrong color. And that's kind of, you know, red seems to be a good color as it pertains to predator hunting in, in general. Uh, and we used to run just as much red light as we do warm white. But the problem I have with red light is your body identification is garbage on a red light. Now, your eye identification is way out there. Like, it picks up eye shine really well. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go off on the, what colors count stuff. Cause the reality of the situation is like, we can take, we can, we can make these assumptions based off of what canines see and all that kind of stuff. But the reality of the situation is we have no idea. We are not coyotes. We have no idea how they perceive certain colors. We can have a general idea based off of dissecting eyes and everything else, rods and cones and all that other stuff. But the reality of the situation is you can't get in the mind of a coyote the best thing you could do is draw off your knowledge you can see of watching your own dog. But the reality situation is we have no idea how they perceive certain colors. And throughout all the tons and tons of testing, I've had the greatest amount of success as it pertains to lights off of warm white and having so much light that you would think it'd just be detrimental. But the reality situation is we are ensuring they can't see what's on the other side of light. And that light is your camouflage. So, that's just my personal preference, but as, as far as like equipment list type thing, you can use red, you can use green, you can use cool white, you can use warm white, and then there's the ambers out there. You can use whatever color your heart is set on using. You can use thermal, you can use night vision, but your tactics are going to change. And just keep in mind on those bright moon nights that they can see that much better. So you need to, if you're running lights, increase the light somehow. Put more light on. If you're running thermals, get in the shadows of the trees. If you're in a thermals on a truck or night vision on a truck, get somewhere where they can't. Much less likely to see the truck. And just be aware, if you're running thermals night vision on a super bright night, you're probably going to be shooting much further. Talk to anybody that does a lot. And I'm not going to, you know, obviously, as we're, you know, going down the equipment lane here, lights are going to be much cheaper than thermals. Thermals are handy but anybody who says throws out the word game changer uh 
It's generally full of shit. Now, I know I've said it myself every once in a while, but that's usually equipment outside of this. That's usually like shooting and hunting. Well, primarily shooting and cartridges that I'll throw out words like game changer. Because the reality of the situation is thermal isn't a game changer unless you're just kind of sitting and shooting. Uh, thermal isn't, isn't a, it doesn't matter how much the thermal costs. It isn't like a, it isn't a wonder drug. Because there's been many, many situations I've hunted right beside other people that run thermals, and we've ran thermals the same time we run lights. And we usually we will carry a handheld at least while we're running our lights because sometimes you could see stuff with the thermal that you can't see with the lights, and sometimes you can see stuff with the lights that you can't see with the thermal. It just depends on the, the density of the brush and all that stuff. So I'm not going to tell you you have to go out and buy a thermal. I'm going to tell you just to enjoy nighttime hunting to get started you can easily just go out and buy a good light. And it, it color, it's up to you. Personal preference, I enjoy warm white for a magnitude of reasons I just covered. So the only thing, you know, as it pertains to night vision, I probably wouldn't recommend night vision because, like, the, the best night vision, in my opinion, is the most expensive shit. And you can get a good thermal cheaper. You can get a grillion lights cheaper. So... You know, and to utilize night vision where it's kind of worth a shit, you need an hour illuminator. And I've proven this many a times. Coyotes, deer, all other predators that when you hit them, their eyes and it's reflecting back on you with an hour illuminator, they could perceive, they could see something. To me, in my opinion, it, it probably comes across as a super dim light. And we've tested this at Nauseam and maybe what, I'll cover that. Until <clears> I think it comes back to the, when they're, the animals, are they seeing, are they reacting to the light or are they reacting to the motion of the light? And you'll see that a I lot think it's of times. both. Yeah, because it's like under, you know, like you'll see this under night vision, like the shadows of the trees, mm-hmm. like, you know, it still work. Like you, you, even at night, you might not realize there's shadows, but there's shadows. Yeah. Yeah. And cats, cats are probably, cats, bobcats are probably the ones that I've seen the most like freak out about shadows. Like if they're coming in, if they're coming in and it's for whatever reason, it's real bad when you're running that cool white, I don't know what the Hertz number is, the the super cool whites, it casts more of a harsh shadow, it seems. And for whatever reason, like they just get super freaked out about shadows. Yeah. And that's why, and you know, that's why, again, that's why a lot of people in West Texas run super high racks. And if they run lights, they run a lot of lights. They run warm whites instead of that cool whites. But, yes, it's both. And that's why, like, if you're not going to run a chair where your lights are fixed and you're going to run, you can go old school and have a light operator, that is probably the the most important job. Because if this guy sucks, it's going to scare away a lot of animals and it's going to lose you on a lot of opportunities to shoot something. Meaning if you're just haloing shit and they're, throwing those shadows and scaring off animals. Or if that light operator doesn't understand the, the reality of the situation of if I'm standing four feet away and I'm going, it's right there in the middle of the spotlight, the person on the gun, especially if you have like a elevated position, like most people that still do that do, they're like, I can't see shit. That light operator needs to know he needs to go to you to get the light source as close to your eyes as possible to get that reflection off the eyes or especially if you're running red, something that sucks at body identification. Like, it sucks. Like, having a good light operator, if you're going to go old school, it's paramount to success. And them knowing what they're doing, meaning when they're shining the light, it's not bouncing all over the goddamn place. Because, again, just like talking about thermals and running lights, like sometimes you could see shit with thermal that you can't with the light. Sometimes you can see shit with the light you can't with thermal. Think about that for a minute. If I'm only using one, and this is a, this is a real thing, how much shit is out there that I'm not seeing? And if this light operator is just bouncing, you know, he doesn't really, he doesn't really get it that like a good light operator is a s- steady motion, and once he catches eyes, he keeps it on him the whole time, and he's not bouncing around there because like the reality of the situation is like you brought up is. It's not only the light that scares them sometimes, it's also the fact of shadows and then like the moving of the shadows will spook them and everything else. So your light operator can just kill you. And I've seen it many times over the years. Like 
to the point of like if someone sucks really bad uh, i just be like hey you know what i'll just run the light you shoot because <laughs> like i just i don't know i don't really use night vision unless it's like that sitting up and just shooting over dead pit stuff for calling because literally like even on a good full moon night you're not going to get good eye shine unless you're running our illuminator and it's it, to me it's at that point it's just like well it's like it's yeah it's it's a thing it's cool but the reality situation is i'd rather have lights than blind animal as opposed to like throwing a dim candle out on him well not only that i mean again night vision thermal is more of a targeting tool night vision is a navigation tool first mm-hmm. and people think like it's like just because you oh i no, i can see in the dark and it's like yeah that's a huge one up on humans but now you're just like not even level playing field with animals right right and that you know that's kind of the way kind of the way i treat it uh don't and the only reason why i run night vision is just because i i really enjoy being able to shoot behind my daytime scope and it's usually it's almost always in a situation where i'm not actually calling uh may call every once in a while if you go back and listen to one of the podcasts my latest hunting trip i talked about how i handled that situation because newsflash if you can shoot a cow without touching the call do it <laughs> you don't have to be calling Guess what? After you kill the cow, the said cow, then you can call and potentially kill another one. It's crazy, but anyways, it, I'm just I'm just not gonna recommend night vision because, like, good night vision does still cost a lot, and it's still like it's still like all the from a calling standpoint, like it's there's not any really net positives in my opinion. Like I just rather run light or thermal, and I really don't like running thermals. You know, it's just not my thing though. Like. Because the reality situation is, like, I, if I have set budget, $10,000. Like, also be aware that, like, getting into the nine hunting game could potentially be very detrimental to your pocketbook. In your <laughs> relationships. Yeah. Especially if you get into thermals. But anyways, like I say, I have a $10,000 budget for my night hunting setup or whatever, you know, including rifle and everything else. I would much rather buy a great rifle suppressor, a good low light scope. And we'll get into scopes here in just a minute. And all these other things other than like blowing my whole budget or potentially over half my budget on the thermal. But it also depends on like what I'm going to, am I going to be shooting pigs more than I am predator hunting? I might just go ahead and go for the thermal. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, it depends on, because the other component of this is like, you know, you're kind of weird because you just bust your hunting by yourself, but a lot of guys are hunting with other people. So, you know, what do your friends already have? What setup are they running? Yeah. You know, sometimes I've known guys who like one guy will get night vision, one guy will get a thermal or, yeah. you know, this guy has a rack, so I'll get a thermal. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, kind of where does that fit in? Yeah, and that's another, I mean, that's another important thing. I would, I would just recommend before, like if you're going into this kind of blind, like you've done some daytime hunting, which I always recommend doing first. You're going into this, just I've done some daytime hunting. I have the bare essential things for daytime hunting. Now I want to start night hunting. If you're going into this blind, I would recommend trying to get out with other people that have some gear already and uh, see how it's used. See how you like other racks set up. See how you like certain thermals, tripods. And it's also going to be dictated by where you're hunting. Because, like, I used to hunt a lot of stuff right up at city limits. And uh, I ran night vision. Just because I, you know, thermal. I mean, you really just didn't hear about thermal that much back then. And I could, I got this old shitty night vision scope because I, I could hundred percent run lights, but it would just, it would always cost things. Cause like, even though we're in a outside city limits, there's still houses around and just about everybody on that street I could hunt with, but there's one or two people. Like if they seen lights, they'd be calling game warden. So I just, I'd use night vision over there. And I'd go in there when it was full moon and only hunt then. Because back then I didn't even have an hour luminaire and didn't even know what the hell it was. <laughs> you know? So it's going to be dictated on your situation most of the time. Like what's going to be better for you. Past that, it's, you know, I don't know. It's going to come down to like, what is your budget and everything else. I, I have to say, like, as far as like, I'm not even going to get an e-calls. It's whatever. You can use mouth calls. Especially during nighttime when they can't see your hand moving around. 
You can use e-calls. You can use whatever call you want. It doesn't matter. Get what you want. I'm not even going to get like it. There's no. I mean, I would if I'm going to use an e-call. I will. I put, put a caveat on this. I'm going to use an e-call. I don't want one that that the remote sucks. Like if the remote sucks, it's going to make your time suck. You want a good remote, which most of them nowadays are getting pretty good. Like if you buy better than budget e-call, I think I'm sure there's still some out there that just have simple buttons with no illumination. But I mean, back in the day when I first night time hunting, like you still had plenty of e-calls that didn't have any illumination on the button. Some of them didn't even have a screen and all that kind of stuff. So having a good remote is pretty paramount to maneuvering yourself around the woods at nighttime or predator hunting in general. But calibers. The only thing I'll say, and it's going to be based very much on, you know, your primary game you're hunting and how far the shots typically going to be. Like if you're hunting North Texas and you're hunting a bunch of hundred acre, I mean, hundred acre, hundred yard openings, 223 is fine. You're going to, you're going to get by just fine. If you're West Texas, you West Texas is like, yes, we have trees. We have shrubs, but you can also see for miles, grillions of miles. So what you get out here is like wildcat crazed people, like the six 284s, uh, six PRCs, and all kinds of crazy shit. Because what they're looking for is that maximum point blank range. Because at nighttime, like your depth of perception ain't nowhere near as good. And should talk about it on thermals. Your depth of perception sucks on thermals. So you, I would recommend sort of rangefinder. Night vision, a little bit better. And then lights, it's still a little bit skewed. So having something that's like going to shoot very far, very flat in this wide open country is pretty paramount. So just keep that in mind. Like take a look at where you're hunting primarily or where you may be hunting, going to be hunting. And if you're trying to choose a caliber, choose something that's going to be relatively flat shooting to the furthest ranges. It's pretty simple. Like you don't want to have to do any complicated math or dial in anything at nighttime. You just want to point and shoot. That's why like, I have a very different setup as it pertains to nighttime and daytime. For myself, my daytime, I'll kind of run whatever, you know, whatever I feel like shooting that day. Obviously, nowadays, more six arc than anything. But nighttime, I still reach for the nighttime guns, which my nighttime guns, I'm going to be putting all my money into the optic and just making sure I have a hot rod wildcat that shoots pinpoint accuracy. And I'm going to build them out almost like a PRS rig nearly as far as weight goes. Because I'm I'm in a chair. And I just want this least amount of recoil. I typically run longer barrels, longer suppressors. I want the most amount of sound suppression. I want the most amount of velocity. So I go long barrels and I run hot rod calibers, 22 grade, 6 grade. I don't get into like the crazy shit because like I can get a lot, a lot of a 6 grade 10 twist. But anyways... As far as rifle scopes, like optics, not we're not going to talk about thermals or anything like that. Whatever the best glass you can get for the amount of money you have budgeted, go with that. Don't be cheap. If you're going to, okay, I have my daytime gun. I'm going to build me a nighttime gun. If you're going to dedicate like a nighttime gun, go cheaper on a rifle. Spend more on the glass. If you're going to run lights. You know, that's, that's obviously the better the glass, the better, better it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be in like, I see it all the time. If you're going to buy whatever price point, I don't care what price point you are, the lower magnification, it's going to be better. So, and especially if you're going to get cheaper raffle scopes, say something in three, $400 price range, I'm never going to recommend you get a, uh, five to 25 over like a four to 12 or something like that. Like go with the lower power magnification. Cause nine times out of 10, like you're going to be shooting anywhere from like five X to 10 X. Like do check out TPH on Facebook. I've done tons of surveys over this. It hasn't changed. It's always around six X. All these people like get these five to thirties and everything else. Like it's always around six X. Like it's the most popular answer where you take most of your shots. Now this is where it's great nowadays. Like we have all these awesome LPVOs. Cause like, especially enough, like a Fox country type setting, a one to six money. Or if you're hunting close quarter stuff, one to six money, like, Oh, a little bit further. Okay. One eight or one ten. 
Like it's fantastic. Uh, they're usually pretty simple radicals. And I know they don't have a great big O objective on the end, but they still perform really well in low light. But it also depends on like what your light setup is going to be. I would recommend if you're going to run dim lights or red lights, get the best optics you can afford. Uh, you can get away with a lot more if you just go ahead and run warm whites, you know, a little bit cheaper optics. But anyways, I mean, fast, flat shooting cartridges out to the range you intend on being your furthest dispatch range of your equipment and your abilities. 22 to 50. If I'm forced to use legacy cartridges, 22 to 50 and 243 are still favored among many. And then your newer stuff, the 22 creeds, the six creeds. They're kind of like the new, updated, better versions of those. Uh, if you're going to run ARs, you know, 22 nozzles are still a thing. 223, just build you out a night gun with a longer barrel. You know, you can get some 53 grain V Maxes. They're fantastic. Six arc, clearly, obviously, uh, if you can get varmint ammo. And, you know, build a longer barrel. Like a six creed. I mean, six grade, six arc and a 22 inch barrel. If you're hand loading, you can whip some 65s or 70s up there at 32, 3300 feet per second. That's relatively flat shooting. If it's not gun that you're not going to be carrying around, make it a long barrel. Who cares? You know, if it's just a rack gun, doesn't matter. As far as like rifle platforms for thermals, I'll save that for a whole nother podcast. A lot of people. A lot of people that are doing this with thermal, a lot of people that invest in the thermals, it's because they have more pigs, you know. So they're typically going to be running calibers that are good for pigs as well. You see a lot of AR-10s. I'm not a fan of AR-10s. Never have been. There will be. Uh, there's a lot of 243s out there in AR-10s. A lot of Predator Hunters run those. Like, I just look at a 6 arc. If you're wanting a semi-auto, something a little bit better than 223. Valkyrie's still a thing. 60 grainers and some lighter stuff be coming out pretty soon. Kyle tier line. Fantastic for like a very low recoil. And when the 22 arc gets spun up, that'll probably take the place of the Valkyrie. <laughs> People are starting to get their ammo. Really? Yeah. So I'm expecting a pallet. <laughs> I hope some of the components come in. Like they released some projectiles on Midway that are the 80 grainers, the new, whatever the shit it's called. But anyways, I mean, I'm going to say that for another podcast because I just don't, you know, I don't get into the AR-10s and thermal game like super serious. I mean, I have some. I have some AR-10s and AR-15s set up for just thermals. I have boat guns set up for thermals. That's like a new thing now. Like a lot of people are putting thermals on boat guns. One quick little thing, like be sure if you're going to run a thermal on a boat gun, get the correct mount to push that so much way far back because it doesn't have long eye relief like a daytime optic. Uh I really hope we're going to see the continuance into the clip-on thermal market because that's just it seems to be where it's at. Is you have your day optic like having a dedicated gun or having to switch scopes and all that just sucks. Sighting in most thermal sucks. I you know I've been playing with clip-on thermal a lot more here lately. I'm just I still don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> I like I I want somebody to miniaturize a badass clip-on night vision. Yeah, yeah, that'd be sweet, but. Yeah, I mean, since you brought it up, like you get this question a lot. Why would I buy a dedicated thermal rifle scope when I just buy this unit that I can use as a clip on? They are getting better. Yeah, there's limitations. But, you know, you're giving up certain things for certain other things. And the reality of the situation is you're going you're gonna to get really fast like you're going to especially predator hunting the pig hunting that's a different story like you could totally just go from skin and slap it on and still kill a pig predator hunting happens really fast most of the time and to think for any amount of time you're going to be able to maintain this scanning clip on go to shooting it's not going to work it's just not going to happen and then also thinking if you're hunting off tripod thinking that you're always just going to, you know, use your rifle mounted thermal to scan with, and you're going to enjoy that pipe dream. Now, nowadays, a lot of them will sync to apps on your phone. And I know a lot of guys nowadays that are literally just watching their phone and spinning a rifle. That's an option. But the reality situation is like, if you're going to budget for a thermal budget for a cheaper scanner, it doesn't matter. Like your scanner doesn't have to be 
the bees needs. It just needs to be able to pick up, you know, heat source. And then you can get on your raffle really fast. That's just a couple little little tips there. Learn the, the hard way, I guess. Because uh, I've pretty much done it all. Trying to be cheap and everything else. But, you know, I mean... And it's just kind of like a graze over of most, most of the things I could think of. Uh, what would be like the the most basic level kit you would take night hunting? A rifle, tripod, and light. What light? Nowadays, uh, I'd still reach out uh, kill zone. And I don't even know like if he's still producing a predator hunting light because like COVID just screwed all that shit up like i know you know fox pro is still producing the headlamps and all that bullshit um i don't you know i'm so out of the light game just because you know no one's making what i want other than kill zone and ours were custom so i don't know if we can get more of them <laughs> like it's uh cow lights it's garbage nowadays so i'll just go ahead and say it gsm bottom out they're shit nowadays like i just we don't even carry them anymore uh I don't know, when thermals got really cheap and everything, the light game just kind of, the light market just fell out. I mean, just, you know, we've been running these surveys at these, uh, the Rough Country Big Gray Contest, uh, and running surveys on TBH and everything else, kind of gauging where most people are at, and it's almost 50-50 lights the thermals nowadays on Predator oh, Yeah, which is crazy to me. Like, I don't, I would, even if I'm like, I'm good at predator. Like say I have my ideal set up, my lights and my racks and everything else. I still wouldn't swap over to shooting one thermal, but I would buy one for picking up down <laughs> like a, a hand scanner. Cause like I said, they're super handy to have on stand with you. Now, do I want to call with them? Absolutely not. It's, and that's a, it comes down to personal preference. There's just something about, I mean, I, I'd assume that my love for running warm white lights is it's more natural, almost like daylight. It's probably just because I enjoy daytime hunting so much. Like, this is the closest thing to it. And also, it's like when we used to film a lot with the warm white lights and all that stuff, that's so much fun. Because, uh, like, nighttime, when you put all that light from the camera rig on them, it blinds them so much. And you're typically more patient. You get so many animals right on top of the truck and like they don't have any idea what's going on because they can't see. And that's the name of the game. Uh gosh, I just breezed over something I was gonna touch on, but I forgot what it was. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, I, I got my I got my gun and everything else. I just want to get into this. Uh how can I do it inexpensively? Good tripod, a light. You know, whatever I, again, I don't even know like who's I'm sure sniper hog and all them people are still making lights. Whoever I can get a good warm white light from, I just get it. I don't give a shit if I had to get on Amazon, you know, buy the best one I can find. Uh, and warm white is my color of choice. If you, you know, if you can't tell, <laughs> and you can get into, you know, especially if you go Amazon specials, you can get into nighttime hunting, very inexpensive, just to test the water, see how you like it. Now, I mean, if you're going to hand scan all that stuff, I recommend having, your tripod set up where it, you know, arc or rail situation or gun clamp to where when you're scanning, you keep it on the animal, put your gun in position, then just rest your hand there on the tripod whilst keeping the light. Now, ideal world, you'd have a separate light on your gun, but like we're talking about an extreme budget here, you know, mouth call, light, tripod. You can get, get going. I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, pretty, pretty quick gloss over of night hunting, because this shit gets ridiculous. Like, it, oh, yeah. <laughs> especially when you roll in the contest thing, uh, gets very ridiculous. The amount of money spent on equipment and everything else, rifles, and again, when you start adding Rigs, thermals and vehicle. trucks and racks and all that shit, like it gets ridiculous very fast. But it's also like it's shitload of fun. Like you'll have a, you'll have a ton of fun night hunting and you know, don't get me wrong. Well, I do like day hunting more, but it's a ton of fun. I mean, there, 
if you averaged out numbers across the board, there's no com- there's no competing with night hunting as far as you know numbers game. Now, just spare me the bullshit. Like I've killed more, and you know whatever. Predators are going to be more comfortable coming out at night, coming up to the truck across the board. We're talking about fox, bobcats, cows, everything else. Like you're going to be more successful. It's to me. Once you have a great idea of how to successfully, semi-successfully, whatever you want to call it, daytime hunt, nighttime hunting is easy. Uh, comes down to like getting your equipment set up to where it's beneficial for you and make sure you can shoot good because that's, that's the name of the game. And that's pretty much it. Anything you feel like I need to mention? Uh, batteries, 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 batteries. Yes. But that's a given. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. That's good. You brought that up because that is like the Achilles heel. Literally anything that you run for nighttime hunting is going to need batteries. Always have tons of batteries. Because typically speaking, most predator hunting happens during the winter. And winter is not good to batteries. So have plenty of batteries. Have backups for your batteries. Have, have backups for your backups. And then it wouldn't hurt to uh, store your batteries somewhere where they're not going to get super cold because they will eat them bitches up. Now, more so on ther- like for thermals, like the, they will chew through some goddamn batteries, especially when it's cold. It's nice that a lot of the, some of the newer ones are like where you can use it with like a almost like a battery pack you'd use with your iPhone or yeah, a computer. Yeah. That's that's nice having. I mean, like for lights, you know. Yeah, if you're running 1850s and 18650s, 18650, yeah. 18650s, like we're, oh, yeah, I'm full blast the whole time, which I probably should have mentioned that in the light thing. I'm full power the whole time. You could chew through some batteries and not. Like I would have so many batteries. And guess what? My, after a hard season, like where we did a bunch of night hunting, I would literally sell all of my batteries and get all brand new ones. Because them some bitches literally just been constantly used and sent on charger. Used, sent on charger. Used, sent on charger. The older they get, the less, you know, the, they're not going to be as good. And there's literally, seems like every year, like newer and better 18650s come out. Yeah. And then you have protected cell and protected cell. That, that gets in, when you get into flashlights, you get into some weird territories. Yeah. And yeah, you can spend a lot of money on batteries. But yeah, like, I mean, cold weather, like you said, destroys batteries. So I keep, mean, keep it warm if you can, but have tons of batteries. Yeah, have a pack of, I mean, you can get those boxes of Surefire CR-123s for not too much these yeah, days. Yeah, I mean, there's been there's been nights of pig hunting where, especially them. Trejicons? Tre- Jesus old, The older Christ. ones, yeah. It's like you should just put a lot easier way to swap this shit out because it's just burning batteries, buddy, when yeah. it's super cold. Like, it eats them up. But, you know, I don't know that's always... There's a couple of people I think that make shields for thermal units that are supposed to keep them a little bit warmer, because like it's a big thing, like battery capacity for wintertime, which a lot of a lot of newer thermals seems like yeah they start giving you better battery capacity or backup batteries and all that shit. But like the ones that run CR one two threes, like if you're still sporting an older thermal, run those batteries. Better have a shitload of backups because like you'll burn through some in a heartbeat. Uh, man, I feel like we've covered covered it fair. I mean, this you could talk about this for days, but that's just kind of hitting the wave tops. Yeah, like the important shit because you're gonna go. You know, that might give you a direction ahead, and you're gonna go out and figure this shit out for your own. Doesn't matter what I say. Well, uh, yeah, so much so much of it's land dependent to like where you're at. Yeah, that's very much. That's why the scouting is important. Yep, very much so. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I know it's a big thing, especially when you're in East Texas right now. Like, lots of people are always, like, looking for groups and stuff. Just, like, use social media, find people to go out with. Uh, I know it's typically, like, if you have land, you might be able to find some people who have equipment and they can bring their equipment. Yeah. Uh, I know I, pretty much everybody I've ever met is very cool. Like, oh, dude, let me come out. I'll bring my thing. Oh, and you can play with it. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I'm, I didn't mean I was coming onto land. I meant, I just meant, like, Oh, you've never used this? Like, let me bring all my shit out. And, yeah, there's, know. I mean, there's a lot of people out there like very standoffish, but there's also tons of people out there. It's like, yeah, I'll teach you and I'll show you my gear. Uh, I say this all the time. Uh, you know, January, February, March, contest every weekend. There's like four green every weekend. 
if you're just thinking about getting into night hunting and you want to see some of the gear and stuff like that, go to these weigh-ins, check out their gear, ask questions. Hey, what, what would you change about this? Do you think I should run a thermal? What do you run? Like get out and ask questions. And if you can spend some time, it's pertains to equipment. Like if you can just go out, even if you're not shooting, calling, whatever, watch how they do things, watch the equipment they use. What do they use the most of? Ask them their thoughts on it. Like it can save you a lot of money in long, long run. But at the end of the day, like you're going <clears> to, <throat> you're going to take your bare information that you gather and then you're going to start develop your own little thing. And you're going to, you know, you're probably going to spend millions of dollars on equipment. And eventually one day you'll be back to something very simple. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of the natural progression of most things. It's like, oh, I, I want to get into this. And I, you know, I have a limited budget. And then later on, you have a little bit better budget and you want to try all this new shit. By the end of it, you're damn near back where you started. Yeah. And you're just <laughs> like, like, oh, this is a pain in the ass. Let yeah. me just grab this and this. Simple is better. I will say that. Simple is better. You don't take it from the guy who carries too much shit all the time. But in the real situation, I may have a bunch of shit, but it's very tasked purpose to where it's like backups for the shit. Like yeah. the the bare bone, the the meat and taters, if you will, is like very for daytime and nighttime is very bare bones essential for me. Like it's just you know, I don't need a bunch of shit. Need a few backups for the things we know we're gonna go through, batteries and whatnot, extra ammo. Let's go. Yeah. And with that, it's a good place to end it. Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> Again, be sure and check out alimunition.com. If you're one six arc varmint ammo, some coyotes hero. Better be watching Friday. Better sign up for email alerts. Also, uh, the shirts are gonna be on sale by the time you listen to this podcast. The chairs are going to go up for pre-sale. I'll go ahead and do it today. Pre-sale, they should be back in stock by late in next week. Uh, like shipping, essentially. The the economy, anyways. Muffin tops, all that good stuff. Be sure to stop by Ally Outdoors Midland. Ally Outdoors in Midland. <laughs> Midland. <laughs> and with that, we'll see you guys next time.